Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally, not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. This is Dr. Dan. Freedom Forum Radio is for you, faithful listeners, no matter who you voted for or what political party you belong to. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is not about politics. It's about principle. It's not about candidates. It's about conscience and the Constitution. Like the name implies, this is a program about freedom, individual freedom, your freedom, where it comes from, what it means to you, and most importantly, how to hang on to it. You're listening to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. We pick up right now where we left off last week with Publius Hulda. I had been taught that the original Constitutional Convention back in 1789 was in fact a runaway convention because uh, the the convention was called to make some minor changes to the Articles of Confederation to fix things that weren't working, and what we ended up with was a new constitution. The people at the Convention of States say that's just not true. Well, uh, they're lying. So, in other I, words, you I, would I, agree I, that 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 wasn't the original runaway constitutional convention. Um. Uh, uh, Dr. Dan, it's not a matter of I don't agree. This is an issue of truth and complete lies. What you said is true. When the Convention of States people say that the Convention of 1787 was not a runaway convention, they are lying. Look, there is no way to stop the delegates at a convention from running away and coming up with a new constitution. This new Constitution will have its own new method of ratification. It need not involve the states. It can be whatever the delegates want. They can have a referendum called by the president or majority vote in Congress. Well, let me, let me, let me ask you about that point. Um, if we have a Constitution that Article 5 says specifically, I believe, that any changes that are made have to be approved by three-quarters of the states, legislatures, is that not correct? Uh, amendments, no, it doesn't say any changes, it says any Amend- amendments yes. to the Constitution have to be approved by three-fourths of the states. But remember, in the second paragraph, the Declaration of Independence, we all agreed that uh, the people have the right at any time to throw off their government and create a new one. So, the people have the sovereign right 
to throw off our Constitution and create a new one. So when, when the delegates at the Constitutional Convention are assembled, they are acting under an awesome authority. They have the power recognized by sec- uh, paragraph 2 of the Declaration of Independence to come up with a new Constitution, just exactly as they did at the Convention of 1787. We operated under the Articles of Confederation. Article 13 of the Articles of Confederation said they can't be amended except except by unanimous agreement of the states. And the Continental Congress called the convention, quote, for the sole and express purpose of revising the Articles of Confederation, end quote. Well, we know what happened. The delegates ignored the limitations in the call, wrote a new constitution with a new method of ratification. And even though the Articles of Confederation required unanimous approval of all the states for the amendments to be effective, the new constitution of 1787, the one we have now, provided at Article 7, Clause 1, that it would go into effect if only nine of the 13 states ratified it. It is impossible to stop this from happening at another convention. You know, on, uh, Phyllis Sch- go ahead. On Phyllis Schlafly's website, she's got a letter from former U.S. Supreme Court Chief Justice uh, Warren Burger, and one of the truest things he said in his entire life was, there's no way to stop a convention from running away and coming up with a new constitution. And because the new constitution can have any method of ratification the drafters want, they can force it on us. They can say, if all the blue states approve it, it'll be ratified. So- if a majority vote uh, Congress approves it, it'll be ratified. What you're saying... If we have a new convention, Article 5 convention, George Washington, James Madison, Ben Franklin, Alexander Hamilton won't be there. We're going to have liars there, and it appears that uh, George Soros-funded groups will be there. So what you're saying is there is ample historical precedent for a constitutional convention to be a runaway convention that could create anything it wants, uh, uh, have it ratified in any way it wants, and that realistically there would be no way, once that snowball is rolling down the hill, they would be virtually impossible to stop it. I say it would be totally impossible to stop because of the power the delegates have to provide for any method of ratification which is guaranteed to um, uh, bring about approval. One of the reasons the drafters of our Constitution of 1787 provided that only nine of the states had to ratify it was because they all knew that Rhode Island would not approve it. So they just found a way to get ratification which didn't need Rhode Island's vote.
So, again, uh, historical precedent is something we should all look to because... Oh, yes. That, that really is where, if, if we don't learn from history, then obviously we're doomed. Uh, we all know that. And so what you've brought up is really an excellent point. And I would add to it the following is that what we have today that we did not have in 1787, 1789 and the like is today we have a media that is completely and totally biased. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the means to influence vast area, vast segments of the population without, uh, without any thought processes involved. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I mean, that alone, and, and we have the ability to, uh, and plus we have a whole bunches of people who, whose very livelihood is invested in getting money from the government in order to live. So you put all that together, you put up a biased, a biased media, uh, control of thought, and people whose interest lies in changing things so that they never have to, uh, never have to uh, be gainfully employed. Uh, that kind of thing is just a setup for throwing out everything that that protects, pr protects our natural law rights and substituting a socialist welfare state. Yes. Yeah, like a James Madison, we would do well to tremble at the prospect of an Article 5 convention. Well, you've brought up some really incredible points about that. So, obviously, nullification is a completely different way of approaching these problems. How do you feel that nullification would be a superior way uh, to approach the difficulties that we have in this country today. Um, but before I, um, I get into nullification, let me say something very important about James Madison and what he said about Article 5 conventions. Uh, he is turning over in his grave about the lies these conspirators are telling about his position on another convention. On my website, I have a paper called Mark Levin Refuted, Keep the Feds in Check with Nullification, Not Amendments, where I quote what our framers actually said about another convention, and I provide hyperlinks to where they said it. James Madison wrote a letter on November the 2nd, 1787, to G.L. Turberville. Madison said, when states want amendments, they should instruct their congressional delegation to pursue it. He said they should not go the convention route. So that's why Madison introduced the Bill of Rights into Congress, so that Congress could propose them to the states. Somebody from Virginia a month earlier had filed a petition from Virginia to call for a convention, but just a month later... Madison cut him off by filing it in Congress so that Congress could propose it. Madison warned against an Article 5 convention in his letter to Turberville. He said, quote, the most violent partisans, end quote, and, quote, individuals of insidious views, end quote, would strive to be delegates and would have a 
dangerous opportunity of sapping the very foundations of the fabric of our country. And then Madison said, having witnessed the difficulties and dangers experienced by the first convention, which assembled under every propitious circumstance, I should tremble for the results of a second meeting in the present temper of America. And he said that in 1788. That's when we were still a decent people. Today, do we have violent partisans? Do we have individuals of insidious views or any who would exploit the opportunity to set the very foundation of the fabric? Yes, and some of them are pretending to be conservatives and apparently George Soros, the international fascist, is funding a lot of this move for a con-con. Yet the conspirators want us to believe that only nice people will be delegates at the convention. This is the greatest danger our country's ever faced. Well, I would certainly agree with that. And, and we know that money today is funding so much of this. And you look at people like George Soros and uh, other foundations who are uh, socialist-based, fascist-based, who are providing funds to promote all kinds of programs which undermine the liberties and freedoms that we have grown up with in this country that were part of our original constitution that the founders of this country lived and died for. Uh, so there's no question that, that this is something that we must pay very close attention to and try to prevent, which is why, for me, uh, nullification is such an important concept. Uh, how do you feel about nullification? Well, uh, nullification is the remedy that our framers advised. They knew that uh, if the federal government usurps powers by exercising powers not delegated it in the federal government, what are we going to do? They understood. Uh, and this goes back to the second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence. We have the natural right to defend ourselves from tyranny. The states, as the creators of the federal government, have the absolute right to judge the actions of their creator, uh, of their creature. And when their creature violates the Constitution, the states have the absolute right to say no. But today our states have been so corrupted by federal grant money that they won't say no. That's really what it comes down to, isn't it? The fact yes. that, that they have been very clever, very devious uh, in establishing a system in which money from Washington really controls so much of our lives. And that, of course, goes back to the 16th Amendment. Uh, yes. 1913, a terrible year for this country. Uh, the 16th Amendment, the 17th Amendment, and the Federal Reserve Bank. Yes. Three, three gigantic nails in the coffin of individual freedom. Yes. So let me ask you, and you don't have to answer, but 
is there hope? Um, Dan, um, I watch Lord of the Rings every month or so um, because I need it um, to encourage me. There's a line where someone says, there is always hope. And in another line, one of the characters says, it was wrong of me to despair. So, um, I, I, I can't say there's no hope. I mean, there's always hope. If, if people would start learning our Constitution and Declaration, if they would reassume personal responsibility for their own lives, if they would renounce the handouts, and it doesn't have to be the welfare class which renounces it, but, you know, even the people on Social Security and Medicare, try paying your own bills. You know, um, we, we could pull our country, we, we, we could turn things around, but it has to be, the, the, the American people have to, the, the problem is the American people, we have to fix ourselves. That's why education, discussions, outreach is so important. Because without that attempt to educate people about what they what they are going to lose, I think that's that's really the message. It's the message certainly of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum, Freedom Forum Radio, is that if you don't watch out, what we are going to lose, our individual freedom, what we are going to lose, that individual freedom, will leave us slaves to a totalitarian regime. Yes. And Americans have no idea what it is. During the Cold War, I spent some time in Eastern Europe and the former Soviet Union. Americans have no idea what's ahead of them. And they won't. They, they won't listen too many of them just won't listen. Publius Hulda, this has been a fascinating discussion of the Constitution, the Convention of States, Article 5, CONCON, and nullification. I hope that people listening to this will start to understand how important this decision is because what we decide right now, our country is at that crossroads right now, whether we will descend into tyranny or whether we have a chance to retain the freedom that our framers sought for us 230 years ago. Thank you so much for being my guest on Freedom Forum Radio. It's my pleasure, Dan. Can I just say one thing? Sure. Defend the Constitution. Don't amend it. Defend don't amend. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Dan. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property. 
that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Thank <laughs> you.